Million Dollar Sundays are here to stay. Playing a $1 million tournament is now a regular thing with the Million Dollar Sundays. Coming on Sunday, August 2nd at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, we're hosting a $1 million guaranteed No Limit Texas Hold'em Tournament, where the winner walks away with $200,000. This is our third million dollar tourney with more lined up in the future. You're going to love the Million Dollar Sundays Tournament with daily free rolls to win your seat for free, tons of satellites to qualify for a fraction of the cost, and free bank wires for the top nine finishers. Don't miss your chance to win part of the $1 million guaranteed. Qualify today for the Million Dollar Sundays Poker Tournament. AmericasCardRoom.com Okay, welcome to Ask Alex, episode 47 on the OneOuter.com podcast, sponsored by AmericasCardRoom.com. If you want 27% rate back from AmericasCardRoom.com, simply sign up for your account using one of the banners or adverts on the OneOuter.com webpage. That's all you need to do. There's no need for any coupon code or any of that nonsense. Uh, follow us on Twitter at oneouter.com and join the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash oneouter. Alex, how are you this week and what's been happening? I'm good, man. Not, uh, <laughs> I had like a funny moment this morning. I thought, well, actually, what I'm about to say next is not funny at all. It's actually horrible. But like I turned on... I turned on the news this morning and like I was almost in tears because some like some some punk white kid like walked into a black church and like just killed nine of the parishioners or whatever. Oh, right? I, I saw that. Yeah, it's you. horrible, right? It's horrible. And then anyway, so I'm like, man, that's terrible. And I'm like, man, I can't watch this anymore. So I turn on my my Kindle and I'm reading the Washington Post and they're saying. This one island in Scotland had their first crime in 40 years. There was a general store where that was left unlocked every night because people were just expected to go in there and like take what they needed and leave the money and like write it down. And somebody went in there and stole $327 worth of groceries. And they can't believe that they're going to have to lock the doors. <laughs> like, for the, yeah, I guess it's some island in the north of Scotland, like north, north, far away. Yeah, but they're like, yeah. no, no, like, no constable, I guess is what you guys call it. <laughs> they were like, the constabulary had to come in early from his normally, normal monthly trip. Uh, like it normally shows up on the island once a month to check gun licenses, but he had to show up twice this month and he was going on about it. I was like, I was thinking maybe where I grew up is not normal. You know, like maybe this is, I remember a guy like got gunned down on our street and I was like, you know, I turned on the TV to see it and they were like, it was like a side note, you know what I mean? The States were like, oh yeah, some guy got liquored up and waved a gun. He's, he's dead now. And it's like, dang man, like, you know, and I'm reading like Scotland, they got gun licenses, they got guns, but they can just leave a general store open and like, you know, you, I, I, I think it's so quaint, you guys still call it a general store as if we're about to get on the Oregon Trail. Did you, did you guys have that game, Oregon Trail, growing up? Do you know what I'm talking about? It was, it was maybe called something else, uh, it doesn't ring a bell. Anymore. No, I'm sure it was. Uh, like every what was the game? Every kid in America, like you, you we all had like, uh, like there was like a standard computer the government bought in the United States, and some yeah. some guy made a 
educational game called Oregon Trail, right? Where it just sim- simulated the pilgrimage from, you know, like Plymouth Rock to like California. And, you know, oh. you had to like manage your party and like buy beef and like go hunting and like. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's like one of these text games or what? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and everybody would get cholera and die, like all the time. And then, like, yeah, and you know, it's like it's funny because like you watch rap battles now, and they'll be like in the dirtiest part of the ghetto, and they'll be like they'll make be making Oregon Trail references because like everybody catches it who grew up in the United States. And then it occurred to me one day, this is probably just like a totally American thing. I bet nobody else has heard of this, and yet. Uh, you can't come up with another computer game that, like, literally everybody in one of the largest countries on Earth and most influential countries on Earth has played and probably nobody else on Earth has played. There isn't another game like that. But, yeah, anyway, so, you know, Oregon Trail mass shootings in Scotland, as per usual, <laughs> we're, start, we're starting really on topic. Yeah, it must be one of these little, you know, islands up Shetland Isles or whatever, and the population's like 16. And yeah, it was there's, 40. There's one, there's one mail flight every three weeks and stuff and things like that. Yeah, it was... A, uh, it's I didn't see it. I didn't see it. I saw... That shows you again, like the global world. I read about the shooting, but I didn't read about someone stealing the groceries out of some store that the door was open. <laughs> well, it, that sounds really <laughs> logical. <laughs> it just... It was just... Uh, we, I think it was reported in the states just because, like that, that's like science fiction to yeah. us. Like I, I don't know. It's weird because, like, when I was in Asia, like I, I remember walking by a bike rack and I counted, and like it was like seven out of twenty of the bikes didn't have a lock. And I was like, you know, as an American, I was like, I feel like it's my duty to steal these bikes to teach yeah. these people a lesson. You know what I mean? I was like, I am not a thief. But, like, just growing up in America and being taught for so long, you know what I mean? Like, there's a – by the way, I realize I make my country sound like a real piece of crap right now. But it's like I just feel like this is wrong. Like, this needs to be stolen. And it's like, you know, like, you go to L.A. I I remember, like – well, it, it, it was like I had to come from L.A. for something. There's, like, literally, like, cages around the Coca-Cola machine, so you can't spray paint them. And then it's like you go to Korea, and it was, like, a child. Uh, I remember seeing, like, a child, like, put his hands on the window in the subway, and the parents – no, the child wanted to look out of the – wanted to look out of the window on the subway. So the parents put a handkerchief – on the seat the child could stand on, and then afterwards they had Windex to clean the window. I was like, what planet am I on? Like, yeah. I don't, like, so many people have so much more pride in their community. You know, we're just like, you know, like, you know, I'm out for mine, you know. <laughs> like, let's yeah, go. Yeah, it's crazy. Although we are closer with the media and stuff, every place has still got its little cultures and nuances that you sometimes go, wow, like, even today. You know, it's yeah, like yeah, even, things yeah. just would never happen in Japan that would happen in places in America and places in the UK and, and vice versa. You know, it's crazy. Yeah, and that can be like a bad thing too. Like a, when I was in Asia, their big debate in Japan at that time was, is it okay for like teachers to be dating their students? And like, I'm not even like pretty old teachers with pretty young students. <laughs> pretty <laughs> And it wasn't like a crime there. 
it was like, yeah, we don't know how this is turning out. And it was like, obviously, you know, they followed some of the relationships and then like nine months down the line, like, you know, <laughs> turns out guy was exploiting her. Who did, who yeah. saw that <laughs> one coming? You know what I mean? So yeah, it goes both ways. It's just like, yeah, it's bizarre. Like how connected we are and how we still like, like, it's just crazy how different people are. Like whatever, like every time I do a class, I've done like, I don't know, probably like 50 hours of classes with like Russian students, Russian speaking students. To this day, I have no idea if what I'm saying is right, if what I'm saying is wrong. Like, it's such a different culture than my own. You know, every time you do that, like, polite laugh, they don't, like, laugh with you. They're, like, <laughs> because, like, in their culture, they don't do that. You know what I mean? They're not trying to be me. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. yeah, it's just like, but I remember the first, like, 10 hours I was there, I was, like, really uncomfortable. I was like, what am I doing to offend these people? And it's like, you know, and it's like they watch American, you know, everything growing up. And yeah, America's just the funniest because like we don't, you know, there. Uh, in the words of Chris Rock, nobody's ever seen a Native American family walk into a Denny's. Like there's just not, there's nothing, nothing from the origins anymore. We're all just immigrants like fighting with each other now. But yeah, all right. Uh, I guess people want us to hear us talk about cards or something. Or so about cards. Uh, how's the week went? Anything, anything of note? You've been playing much. You've been oh. twitching. Yeah, uh, on Tuesday I wanted I went to play and then uh, I have two internet connections and that morning for like three hours both were going in and out. I called the carriers. They were like, "We're doing construction in the area." My like my residential my uh, my neighborhood is still like a new development. So like once in a while, like the fire department like shows up here to like put in a new line for the fire hydrants or something that just messes everything up. And it was one of those days so i just uh i was like yeah, i can't yeah i'm not worried i'm working on like writing right now i got my uh what was it i wrote a novel when i was like i guess like between <laughs> like people think i'm joking when i'm saying this i don't really remember writing it because like it was just one of those things like all right i have money from poker now i guess i should try to write the great american novel right and uh it like in Malta, you know, I'd like, I go get my, you know, I go get my cappuccino and I go get my spliff and I'd like, you know, that's, you know, that's how I spend my mornings was writing fiction in South Korea. I was just like crushing a 40 out by the park, like writing. Right. So I, you know, you think like I ended up, it was like a 750 page thing. And I was like my masterpiece and I read it and like, you know, 400 pages of it is just like stoner, drunken, wannabe, Hemingway <laughs> drool, right? And it's like, it's just bad, dude. Like it was like really bad. So I, uh, I went through it myself and cut like a couple hundred pages and then I was like, you know, I still feel like I'm too close to this, right? So I sent it off to another editor and like, you know, he, it was pretty funny, him on the phone, like, wow. Right. Like, you know, like what, you know, he's a, you know, it's a dude I work with on a bunch of different projects, but he's also like, he's a, you know, he's like written like comic books and stuff like that too. And I really respect his vision. And uh, he was like, yeah, you know, some parts of this are really good. And some of this is just bad. I'm like, dude, you do what you want, man. You like cut it. Like this was just going to stay in a, uh, this was just going to stay in my desk. Right. And with the thing with self-publishing now is like, I mean, you can put any POS out there, you know what I mean? Like, but I'm really trying, you know, I spent the money on the editor and now I'm going to go through it. But yeah, like the final versions of that were like coming back to me this week. 
And uh, I've been writing like some other stuff that I'm looking at, like publishing. So that's been kind of cool because that's like a new, that's like a new uh, avenue of income that I've really wanted to get into is just self-publishing my own stuff. There's a lot of, there's a lot of like articles I've written. Like when I write, when I write, I just write. I do, it's, uh, I, I've been writing since I was like 12 years old, like for free and, you know, just like for fun. That's just like what I do. And then when I was 14, I started getting paid for it the first time. And then, you know, I've been getting paid to write since I was young, but there's a lot of times I write like an article and it's like five, 10 pages. And I'm like, well, no, you know, bluff isn't going to give me half of their magazine, you know, to publish that. So I've been looking at like ways I could like, you know, do essay collections and then like short stories and then like full length novels. And, you know, in like getting back like this, uh, Getting back this first book, you know, I'm thinking like, man, this actually, this isn't reading as bad as, you know, it was at the beginning, right? And like, this actually might be something we could publish. And uh, the guy, the guy's a poker player, my editor, my friend, and he was like, the poker sections are the most accurate poker sections I've ever read. This is exactly what it feels like to be a poker player. And I was real honored to hear that because... I, I, you know, I feel so like away from it all the time now that sometimes mm -hmm. I wonder if I can really write it that well, but apparently I did. And like, yeah, it'd be cool to like have a real piece of poker fiction out there because everything I read, like when I watch rounders, I laugh when I like read books about poker, you know, it's really funny. There was this book called the dark side of the felt that's, uh, it, it just like lit up like Amazon, uh, like Kindle unlimited or whatever. Right. It was like a ton of reviews, right? And the guy like called it fiction, but he really wanted you to know this came from real life experiences. And like to the point where I was like, well, that's kind of a cop out, right? Because now nobody can call you on anything. But at the same time, you're saying like, this is how it is, man. And I'm like, well, you know, cool. Maybe the dude like played in like underground games, right? And I'm reading it, Barry, and I'm like, there is no chance any of this happened, right? Like, there's just none. This guy's like, yeah, this guy makes $300 a night from, like, a 3-6 limit game. I'm like, I want to find that game because I've never seen that in my life. And he's like, I was planning on playing so much poker that with the comps, uh, I was going to get free rooms and free, you know, like, meals. And I was like, um... You know, like you got to be yeah. playing at like Bobby's room to get that, man. Like in the book, the guy's like playing like a 120 buy-in or something like that. And he's like, they're going <laughs> to, they're going to comp me the $200 room. But even that, I was reading that, like the guy had talent, the guy could obviously write. Right. And I was thinking like, dude, there's a market for this. Like, this is fun to read. And like, I'm really jaded on poker, like to normal people, this must be like, this must be like Shakespeare, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. this must be so yeah. exciting. So, or at least interesting. Yeah, it's like... interesting. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah. So I was saying, you know, I've been working on that all week, and that's been kind of, that's been kind of exciting. That's been that's been pretty cool. Cool. All right. Well, we'll get into the questions, and you can you can do a little work. Uh, the next the next while of the podcast, you can put in your card, engage your card brain. Uh, yeah, no. yeah, get it ready, get it ready for that, get it ready for that work, I feel you, I feel you, homie. Yeah, um, alright, the first question is from Sky. Uh, Barry and Alex, thanks for the awesome podcast and valuable content, you've answered two of my questions in the past, and here's another one. 
Uh, I play micro-sitting goes and MTTs. Sometimes I take a bluffing line when I think the opponent will fold on a certain street. But occasionally he calls and we get to the river. If you have zero showdown equity, how do you determine whether or not to make a final bluff, whether in position or out of position? What consideration should I take into account? Thanks, Sky. I, I loved... <coughs> the guy's name is Sky. Yeah. It's always weird to me. I dated a chick named Sky. And it was like, but yeah, you said Sky. Yeah, 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 and I'm always... Sky, it always... I'm Matushasi or something, or Matushasi. Yeah, yeah. I name. I had it written down from an email. For the record, she was not a stripper. That is always everybody's second question. You know, like, what, was she a stripper? No. Like, but, uh, yeah, uh, can you hear me all right? Yeah, yeah. All right, it made some weird noise on my end. My bad, my bad. And by the way, guys, I'm a little more uh, cansado today. I'm a little more tired. I uh, I slept I slept kind of goofy the night before, and then like today, I don't I, I don't know what's going on with me. I'm just kind of like I feel old as hell, Barry. I don't know what it is. Like I look huh? You look it. Huh? it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke. Like. That's a joke only a Scot- Scottish guy could get away with, right? Because, like, if I said that in my accent, it would just sound, like, really, really mean, right? But, like, with you guys, it, it, we know it's clearly a joke, you know what I mean? That's, it just occurred to me. Like, by the way, is Scotsman offensive? No. No, it's not, like, what was it? I had, like, some hushed tone when I called somebody a Scotsman the other day. But it was like, anyway, whatever, whatever. Uh, I love the question. He was like, sometimes I bluff and they call. Like, that that part, like, tickled me pink. I'm like, man, if I could find a solution for that, like, that would be amazing. Uh, I think the way you're structurally thinking about bluffs is a little off. Uh, I think you need to be, uh, like, this is how I think about bluffs. Uh, uh, right now you're latching on to something I think you've seen in a training video, which is we don't have any showdown value, so we should put this into our bluffing range. But I think you're simplifying it into, like, we don't have any showdown value, I got to bluff. Or I should be bluffing more often than I am. I just want you you to know there's a lot of times I give up. Like, it looks really, uh, you know, like on the card burners videos and everything, it's like check out this... Like, it, our, my last webinar, I showed a bluff I made. I made, like, an all-in bluff at the final table of the big 162, and it looked pretty badass, right? But what you guys don't see is, like, the nine... I, I said in that video, I was like, nine times out of ten, I don't run this bluff just because if this wasn't the final table of the tournament, the guy would probably go, screw you, I call. You know, and that's how it is. That's not just with me. They like to do that with everybody. A lot of people don't like to fold. Excuse me one yeah. second. <coughs> uh, people do not like to fold. I mean, if they play poker, it's not because nobody's like, sick, man. I just got off work, got into my Chevy, showed up, bought in, waited 40 minutes on the wait list. It's time to fold. You know, like nobody's like that. They want to call down. So you got to have a good reason to be putting in the barrel. Now, when you're bluffing, like you always got to be asking yourselves, we talked a lot about this in the recent, that's a check raise full uh, webinar. And it was, uh, we were talking about uh, that. You got to think about his range more than anything. Right. And then you can decide what cards become your bluffing cards. 
Like one example of this is like when I, I lead on like uh, four of hearts, six of hearts, two of clubs board. If I get flat in on that board, a lot of times I can write off like the nines, tens, jacks. Because a lot of them, like especially if we're on like 30, 40x stacks, a lot of them would raise, get it in. I can write off a lot of overpairs. I can write off a set because most people will not call with a set on that board. I can write off. Now, this isn't 100%, but this is most players, right? Uh, actually, uh, some of the really good players can call with some of these combinations. That makes them really hard to play against. Like if you're playing against like Take Chip or like Lichtenberger. Uh, but uh, I mean, Lucky Chewy. But anyway, uh, so anyway, like they probably don't have the set. They probably don't have like the straight. They probably don't have like two pair. If they did get in there with a two pair, uh, two, so it's usually like a weak pair, right? And like if it is a over pair, it's like sevens, eights, or nines, right? So you, if you're thinking about his range, the cards that become your bluffing cards become a three, a five, a heart, a ten, a jack, a queen, a king, an ace. That's like half the deck. You know what I mean? And those really harm his range. And a lot of people just are thinking about like, you know, they're not even really thinking. It's just like, does that card look scary? Like, if the turn is the jack of clubs, that doesn't look that scary. But uh, combined with a lot of likely river cards, if you fire twice, a lot of times you're going to get this guy off. The other, like, uh, uh, off his hand, sorry. Oh, man, we're trying to keep this. Trying to keep this civil, man. What's coming up with me? Another example is like, let's say the board is like king of diamonds, eight of diamonds, six of hearts. I don't know why I pick specific suits, but when I imagine them in my mind, they're like these four different colors and they're so pretty. I want to share them with you guys. But like king of diamonds, eight of diamonds, six of hearts, right? A lot of times people like see about that board. Uh, they get called the turns like the jack of spades. And they're just like, all right, I'm done. And I'm always like, what are you talking about? 9-7 just missed. 5-7 just missed. Uh, excuse me, the flush draws just missed. Some gutter balls just missed. An 8 or a 6 just got a really bad overcard for them. Ace high didn't improve. You got to fire this turn because you see we're thinking of his range now. We're not thinking about, like, does this board look like you know, like easy to bluff at. And the cards that are easy to bluff at, like the real obvious one, like the ace over card, the king over card, those are, you know, those are a little harder to rep now because everybody's trying to rep them. So you pro a lot more often you got to go for the turn and river. But yeah, I turn a lot of hands into bluffs on the river. But like I have to credibly in my range be repping something and the card needs to be like damaging his range. Try to try to think about it like that. Like if you watch like a player way better than myself, like Eight Styles play, like he does some insane bluffs. Uh, why Eight Styles is right? He like he he sat down and like walked us through it. That's always what he's thinking about. Like how was this card from my range? How is it better than his card for his range? And also, I think you touched on it as well about just because you say you give up, you know, a lot of times just because you fire two barrels, it doesn't mean you need to like fire. Yeah, exactly. Three, you know? And also, like you say, online, I think I think it's even more so that people want to call. Live, you sometimes, that whole, I don't want to look like an idiot, call here and get shown the nuts sort of thing. Um, right. I remember we touched on that about you saying, you know, bet huge, like, into the pot, or, you know, if they don't want to get turned turned over and, like, be obvious, then that's but in your house, it's quite easy to just click call. Um, yeah, and your pajamas. Pajamas <laughs> yeah. equity. 
Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I like about the Twitch is like if I do a stupid call, I got like a thousand people like, yo, what the hell, Alex? Like that, <laughs> you know, so uh, I better have a good reason, you know, to do that. Otherwise, you know, it's not really the greatest idea. Okay, I hope that answers your question, Sky, and keep, keep sending them in. Um, okay, next question is from Matt. Hi, guys. I know Alex mentioned he was going to Vegas for the World Series of Poker main event. I was wondering why he doesn't go and play more events. As one of the best MTT players in the world, surely he should be playing more of these events and other ones on in Vegas at the same time. I understand the expenses issue, but surely there are a lot of value to be had in these live games. Uh, there's not really... Uh, thank you, man. I really appreciate your kind words. I, I really appreciate that. And by the way, this is the most polite... Not just because the guy kissed my ass, but like if this is the most polite anybody's asked me. Most people have been like, why no WSOP, bro? You scared? It's like, yes, that's exactly why. I, I'm ter- I'm terrified of like people in their Beats headphones. It's like when I go to sleep at night, all I can see is kids with acne-ridden, pox-ridden faces staring me down, and all I can think is, oh, no, he can see through my soul. This 22-year-old sees so much into me. Um, the big thing is like, I, I think like I'm one of the better MT tiers, but like the edge you apply in an MTT, it's just not as pronounced in any one tournament. Like if you and I sat down like uh 200 big blinds deep versus Patrick and Tony, we're, we were, we're going to feel the burn pretty quickly. Like I put, I put a lot of pressure on people. Speak for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like, uh, you know, we're going to, if I like sit down in a nine handed MTT, I think like I can apply pressure, but I got to wait my turn a lot of the time. And when I'm waiting my turn, you know, those blinds and annies go through me just as much as anybody else. And uh, I mean, I can't play every hand nine handed. Uh, I'll go broke pretty quickly. Uh, people are going to get my number pretty quickly, which is he's bluffing call, which is pretty good advice. And uh, <clears throat> sorry, guys, I seem to, I, I don't know what's up with me today. <clears throat> I'm still fighting it as well, so my throat's slightly back today. I think you caught it. Over yeah, Skype. man, you got you sent it to me through the Skype line. But uh, yeah, I uh, um, I, well, a lot of this is also, you know, like if you walked into a card room and I was like, hey, man, I got two selections for you. You can either simultaneously play three, you know, like thirty one hundred dollar tournaments versus pretty bad competition, or you can play. What, and you're going to see like uh, 50, 100 hands an hour in each one of these uh, in each one of these tournaments, right? Or you can play one table, 22 hands an hour, $3,000 buy-in, faster blind levels, and you're going to have to put up with guys like going, do you have it? Do you have it? I got a pretty good hand. I have a pretty good hand for like 40 seconds. And what was his raise size? I don't know. I had my headphones on. Did you notice? They're orange. Orange beats headphones. Orange. I'm pretty fresh to death, man. You know, I'm flossing. Uh, You're probably going to pick the, you know, and a lot of these bargains are like 1, 1.5K, 2K. I could get in a bigger day online. But, like, the far, like, less uh, arrogant answer is I just don't 
I don't enjoy playing poker like every day anymore. Uh, it really saddens me that that's the case because I remember there was a time like there was nothing I wanted to do more in this world than play cards. Like there was nothing like, you know, I get off of high school 2 p.m. on Friday and we'd like literally play till like late, like two, two in the morning on Monday. And then like, you know, show up, sleep four hours, like pounding Adderall, <laughs> rock star energy drink and show up, show up for school. You know what I mean? And like that was a, <clears throat> I always wanted to be like a writer first, but like poker was super engaging for a very long time. And, uh, I just, I, I don't feel that way anymore. I think it's, uh, uh, I, I think it's just, I mean, there's also like a, when I was a kid, like I, pretty much most of the time when I sat down at a table, I made money. You know what I mean? My sister used to always joke, oh, you don't have money? Just go find a poker game anywhere, you know, and you'll be fine. And uh, that's not the case anymore. People like, they know how to play poker. They know how to play poker really well. And, uh, it, 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 it's also kind of a trap because like, okay, let's say you have a hundred percent ROI in an MTT and like, okay, let's say you're playing like one of these one K. So that's a thousand dollars. You divide that over uh 20 hours. That's $50 an hour. And you're not going to be playing 20 hours. <laughs> you're going to be <laughs> playing. If you want to win that tournament, you're going to be playing like 60 hours. You know what I mean? So we're going into like nothing, like, even if it was just $50 an hour, like, my hourly for, like, teaching is, like, 210 you know. So yeah. it's, like, uh, I, could, I could, like, do a couple lessons. Like, I could do, like, two lessons and, like, make as much money, more money than I made, like, doing MTTs. And then the rest of the day I could spend on, you know, whatever I want. Like, uh, in practice that ends up being more work because I'm trying to pay off this house. But, like uh, – you know, I could, like, if I feel like it, I could go play PlayStation. I could go take my dogs for a walk. I could, you know, read. I've re I read much more than ever before. I get to write way more than ever before. I might have, like, two books coming out here soon. You know, three, actually. Uh, there's, you know, I'm, uh, I'm still dragging my feet on everything. Uh, like, the other day, we had a webinar come out in Spanish. It's my first, like... Uh, by the way, if you want to get Por que t uh, Ape Styles Tiene Raison, write us at assassinatecoaching at gmail.com. But, like, that kind of stuff's, like, fun to me because, you know, like, when I make something in Spanish, like, I have it forever. It's, like, there. And it's not, like, I'll be sleeping, I'll wake up, and it'll be like, hey, you sold two copies of this. You know, yeah. and, like, it's just this consistent income stream with me not doing much of anything. So everything feels like a bonus where... As when I play poker, I really enjoy Like, I, I'm really looking forward to my two weeks out in Vegas. I think it's going to be a blast. I can't wait to – I'm just feeling good. I'm feeling a lot better than I'm I, – I feel way healthier than I've felt in a long time. I'm feeling, like, way better, uh, very positive. And, like, I'm looking forward to, like, taking uh, – like, you know, I'm looking forward to taking my wife to this one coffee shop. I love that, the Italian zone. And it's like I'm looking forward to like Mount Charleston. I'm looking forward to the Pinball Hall of Fame and going to shows at the Hard Rock and poker, man. I can't wait for poker. I can't wait to play in these like hollowed halls of poker mecca. You know what I mean? But like I can only do that for like two weeks. After that, I'm like, all right, man, I'm a little tired. I want to go home and do something a little more, you know, stable. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, even. Yeah. I mean, like, what you and I are doing, like, Barry, like, we, what, this is just fun. I mean, this is what I used to do for, 
Like, this is what I used to do for free is this BS with my friends, you know, over a coffee or whatever. And, like, now we get, we get paid to do this even, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's crazy. <laughs> I mean, like, this is, to me, this is like, now a lot of people are like, yeah, you can win one of these tournaments. It's a lot of money. I'm like, yeah, but, man, I'm where I'm at in life because I've worked really hard to make sure I have an income even when I'm not winning those tournaments. And that's what I really worry about a lot of guys my age it's all about winning the tournament. Once they win the tournament, everything's going to be okay. And it's like, man, you got to – a lot of them now are like, you know, they're getting to be my age, like 25, 30s. And they're like, you know, they're, they're like, you know, it's not as much of a social stigma now if they get like – not like married, but nobody gets married. Everybody, everybody craps out children, but nobody gets married, okay, like which is bizarre to me. It's like, yo, I'm not ready for commitment. How many kids you got too? You know, huh? Yeah. You know, like – I think that's a bigger commitment than, you know, like yeah. putting a ring on your girl's finger. But, yeah, like all of them, you know, now they're having kids, you know what I mean? It's still like – it's not a joke anymore. It's not like uh, – you know, be, before it used to be like, yeah, man, you know, you're 24. You're out there. You want to play the MTTs. You want to smoke weed. You want to go party. You want to go drink the night before. Yo, man, that's between you and your backer. And you're young. I understand. We all did that. I did that. I get it, but now, you know, they got, like, kids and everything. It's not a joke anymore, you know what I mean? Like, if you're going to be depending on uh, – you're going to be depending on an MTT score and it's not coming and you got mouths to feed and you get stressed and you start barking at your lady, you know, and I, I was going to call. Do you guys know what I'm saying if I say you're barking at your old lady? Like, would you catch yeah, that? You yeah, catch that? Okay. Yeah, Is that yeah. Americans don't catch that. It's like an Alaskan thing. A lot of, like – but, like, yeah, anyway, they're, like – uh you know what I mean? They're just like, it, it, it's like, it's a bad situation. I've been around those homes and it's like, you know, I'm rather, I'm pretty close to being like where I, like retired by 30. Like I, 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 I got into poker and I was like, I want to be retired by 30. And I, you know, I, I decided let's blow a four. I, I could have retired at 21, but I was like, yo man, I'm a superstar now, man. I'm going to play all these WSOPs and WPTs. Everybody's going to feel the wrath of assassinato, you know? And then like one day you realize nobody cares about empty tears. You had the money to like put everyone who was close to everyone who you supported like through college twice and you blew it all like just playing MTTs and it's like yeah okay I had you know now my profit margins like around half a million or whatever but it's like it could have been you know like it, I, I could have held on to a lot more than that if I'd like kept my crap together so around like 25 I was like all right I want to get married I want to like you know I want to own a home I want to have savings I want to you know, when my kids come into this world, I don't want them to be stressing because like all my like life growing up, I remember it was just like everything was about money and us not having it. And it was all like we could do this if we just had money. And it was like, oh, you're a smart kid. You could go to college if you just had money. And it's like if you could just get this scholarship to give you money, but they're not giving you the scholarship and everything was about money. It was never fun. It was just life sucked so often because of like – just didn't have money for this and like you know my whole life changed once I started grinding and like taking care of myself even in my teens and now it's like 
I'm almost at that point where it's working optional, and I want to keep working toward that. Whereas, you know, you go out to the WSOP, it could go well, it could go not well. More, more likely, it's not going to go well. And then, you know, that's like 50K you got to make up somewhere someday, you know what I mean? And that's fine, that's fine. You know, I like... Uh, I think you take it professionally in the, in the literal sense, you know, that when you do the maths and you understand, like you say, in 100% ROI, which is ridiculous, you know. Yeah, it's not going to um, Yeah, and you break it down, like, to an hour late, you go you got to see live tournaments for what they are. They're just like a punt. They're a good time, and you might win a, you know, a big chunk of money, but that is it. It's almost, it's almost taking live to, like, as a hobby or something. Or, yeah, you yeah. Know, even for you. Even for you. <clears throat> yeah, and I mean, I love poker tournaments a lot. Like, I love, you know, standing there with all the chips. Like, the, fun, like, uh, the one tournament I won in Vegas for, like, uh, it was only like 30, well, 30K is still like, Jesus, that's a lot of money. Like, that was my mother's salary, you know, like growing up it for a year. But like, even that, uh, you know, like that was just like a 215 deep stacks or whatever. But like, yeah, the feeling of it being like six in the morning, I'm like the only guy alert. I'm the only guy. And I was playing the main events 18 hours prior and I'm still fresh right there. That's like, that is an amazing feeling when all your training like culminates and you watch these people like crumble, but it just, yeah, it doesn't happen that often. You know what I mean? It's like, I think it's, you know, like even early on in my career, I didn't make all my money from tournaments. Like Ooh. I played, I played cash games. I played, even though, you know, back then, by the way, poker players were so arrogant. They were like, you play one, two and two, four, bro. God, you're so busto. And it was like, 400 NL is busto. Like, you know what I mean? You can lose like $2,000 in like 10 minutes if you're in the wrong game in that game. And like, yeah, you know, I played one, two, two, four, rake back, did lessons and all that stuff. And it was, uh, you know what I mean? And the, that, like, I, I had to, I had to take a lot longer to learn a lot of these things than most people, because I was, uh, be quite frank. I was a pretty slow learner. And, uh, I was much more diligent though, and I looked at it as a business, and uh, it's been serving me pretty well uh, since I was a teenager, and you know we're going on ten years now, so I'm gonna keep, uh, I'm gonna dance with the girl who brought me here, and you know just keep keep riding on like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so the next question is from Andrew. Um, hi, Alex. Hang on a minute, Alex. I'm hearing myself back. If you could turn the volume down. Yeah, uh, I got I got my headset on now. Can you hear all, all right. hear yourself yeah. right now? I can hear. No, not now. It's, it's fine now. That I was strange. Yeah, myself. sorry about that. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. Uh, the question is from Andrew. Hi, Alex. Can you give me a few pointers on how to deal with upswings? I like this. I like this question. That's a good. <laughs> uh, yeah, rather than downswings. I know this should not be a problem, but I've been running very good over the last few months. I think in some spots I'm getting a bit too cocky, but running good. Uh, so playing the rush. Any advice? Should I put some cash away uh, or keep pressing? LOL. Put it all on red. No, I... Uh, <laughs> uh, <coughs> this is actually... It's really good that you asked this. I, uh, I press my rush... This is like, okay, I had a rush, like, when I had the San Remo final table, I only, like, I cashed for, like, 222000 but truth be told, I took, I took home 
le- a little less than a hundred k from that. But like I, uh, I uh, because I, you know I I make up and whatever. But then I went on my own and like roulette, huh? Roulette, roulette. yeah, a lot of roulette, <laughs> a lot of baccarat, a lot of baccarat in Monaco. You know what I'm saying? But like. Uh, I pressed my edge, you know what I mean? I just started backing anyone and everyone. I blew up, like, real quick. So I just, instead of going, wow, I ran really well and, like, stocking away the money, I just kept pressing it until I was busto in a Central American ghetto apartment. You know what I mean? That's, it sounds like a joke as I say it, but, like, that happened, man. That's crazy. Yeah. You know, like, uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, uh, I always, I'm a big advocate of put money aside. I don't know what totals you're working with, but, like, the thing that's bizarre to me in poker is, like, okay, like, a home in Costa Rica, like, a good home here, like, you can get a good house here for 150 k If you buy the property and you build it yourself, you can do it for, like, 60 I don't recommend that to any, like, foreigner because you got to, you got to, you got to, like, I, I, I read Spanish pretty well now, and I speak, I speak Spanish okay, but, like, you know, getting through all the legalese is not exactly the easiest thing. And I've been here for like five years, so I can't imagine somebody who's like new to the language, how tough that would be. And I don't know about the people that help you out, but like you can get a good home here for like 150, 200 K. And like, uh, it's like that in a lot of Europe. I think you can do that like in Bulgaria or like these newly, uh, Uh, These, you know, countries that have been stable for a little while, but for all intents and purposes, look like they're going to be pretty stable. You know, it's not it's not like Italy and the Amalfi Coast, but it's pretty close. You know what I mean? And it's it boggles my mind how many. Like it it blows my mind. Like, I, I, you know, I've tried to do a bunch of like business things. And, like, just with the business stuff, I get to know about people's, like, finances and stuff like that. And in some cases, I'm actually, like, managing them. And uh, I can't tell you how many guys I know who won a WPT, an APT, or something like that. And they're, like, afterwards, they're, like, I got, I'm going to buy a house. I don't think I'll have that much money. And I'm, like, you want a million dollars? You're going to buy a house? You're not going to have money? Like, period? Like, what kind of house are you buying? You know? And then... They're like, yeah, I gotta, I gotta figure it out. I'm like, all right, you know, and I'm like, I put them in my, in touch with like people I know who know about these things, and they're like, yeah, I'll talk to them. They never do, right? And then they're like, uh, a year later, they're like, yo, I'm Bosco. It's like, you're bust? <laughs> like, yeah, I need to borrow money from you. And I'm like, well, homie, I, I, if you can't handle a million dollars, I'm not gonna, you know, like I'm not gonna loan yeah. you money. You know what I mean? Like if you can't figure out a way to make your life work with a million, I don't know if I trust you. And like, you know, of course, a lot of us, a lot of them don't speak to me now because I said that. But they, uh, you know, because it's always better to have people kissing your ass until you go down to them, <laughs> you know, until you go down. But which, by the way, I'm not immune to either. I had a lot of. You know, psychophants, our word from last time, but uh, cool. sycophants. I, I had a bunch of guy. I had a bunch of yes men in my entourage back when I was like riding high, and it was like, yeah, man, put the money down, like, yo, and hook me up, bro. And it was like, yeah, all right, and then yeah, you know, you 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 lose the money, you see who's left, you know what I mean? Who's gonna talk to you for real? But like, uh, yeah, you know, and they're like busto, and I'm like. Uh, you know, what the hell happened? I'm like, well, you must have got that house and left yourself with like 200K and you blew through it. And it was like, oh, uh, no, you know, don't have the house, right? So I'm always a big fan of like, 
<coughs> Excuse me, guys. God, hold up. <coughs> Damn. Sorry about that, guys. It's still bad. Man. <coughs> I'm sorry. I know that's great podcasting, but... uh, <laughs> It's I, real. It's authentic. Yeah, it's authentic. And uh, everything I've read... Uh, everything I've read says be authentic on the internet. That's what it's about, right? And then, uh, anyway, so it's like, I'm always a big fan of like put some money away, but you definitely, you know, I, I would, I, I've always been a big fan. I do this to the day to today, leave yourself just about as much money as you need. And then like work from that. And then like put as much money as you can in like savings or whatever. And, uh, I mean, diversify. There's a wonderful, uh, like, I'm not a like huge fan of Tony Robbins, but his newest book, uh, Money, Master the Game, had, like, examples of a lot of portfolios that a lot of people use. And I think, like, that would be a good starting point. And you can, like, Google, like, what adjustments some people make and their reasonings for it. And then, you know, it, I think that was, I think that's one of the best, like, I've read a lot of books on, like, financial managing that's the book I ended up sending to my friends because it was in like the most basic English and like uh-huh. easiest to understand where a lot of like f- fiscal managers want to show you how smart they are, not realizing that's like the antithesis of their job, which is to explain these things to the average person. And uh, anyway, uh, so, you know, I, I'm always a big fan of like sock money away, diversify. And if you're one of those people who wants to have something, for their investment, you know what I mean? You don't want to have your money in an index fund for 20 years and who knows what happens to it. I'm a big fan of real estate. You know, obviously you can live in it. It's uh, it's a lot, you know, it's a lot more than like, you know, people will be like, you know, put money down on my movie or something. It's like, well, you know, the, fi- <laughs> the film's going to be like in a, you know, like a refrigerated like uh, room <laughs> afterward and who knows if anybody's going to see you, see it. But like, you know, Obviously, living in a house like motivates you. And it's like, yeah, I want to pay this off or something like that. I think that's a real big deal. And yeah, uh, <coughs> God, man, I'm sorry. <coughs> I'm a big fan. Uh, Jared Tendler wrote some great stuff about winner's tilt. Uh, I'm really big about that. The big thing, uh, I, the thing I've never seen written down, but I've always thought is like winner's tilt can turn into loser's tilt like really quickly. Because if you keep pressing, a lot of it becomes like entitlement. And it's, you know, like I always win, you know what I mean? Like, and I've seen some pretty sick things from, uh, like, I mean, to give you an example of like winner's tilt, I had a friend come into quite a bit of money, probably more money than I've ever had in any one time in my career. And it was the guy I mentored. And, uh, you know, I was very happy for him. I'll admit, like, I was a little jealous because we were pretty young when this happened. But, you know, like over the years, like he, he kept doing better and better. And I like, you know, as I got older, I was like, man, that's pretty cool, you know. And then uh, and then he uh, he started running bad. And instead of moving down, like he, he would do like proclamations like I run, the, you know, so good. You don't even know, man. And I was like, whoa, you know, homie, <laughs> it's uh. Poker, poker is the equal opportunity hater on people. Sometimes you got to remember that. Like in a, he went and bought a house, and I remember thinking, like, how did he afford this place? Well, I didn't understand. He had a mortgage payment every month. He couldn't really pay off, and sure enough, 
you know, that was his winner's tilt. It was like, I deserve this place and I'm going to be able to pay it off because, you know, I have another couple huge scores coming. And then when they didn't come, he had to sell it at a huge loss and it got pretty bad, man, you know, and so like winner's tilt becomes like losing tilt like pretty quick, you know, so you got to you got to make sure. I always just leave myself like enough money. I feel like I'm, I can play from try to make sure. And it's all, it's always fine to like sell pieces and stuff like that. And, uh, like I, I would be, you know, don't move up too quickly. I'm really happy for you to have the money. Uh, I'd so I, again, I don't know how much money, like it's real possible. You have like a thousand pounds and like none of this w- advice is like really applicable. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Yeah. He's up like three hundred. Yeah, so. yeah. Like, yeah. Which is all relative, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like if so. I made three hundred dollars when I was like eighteen years old, it would have been like you know you buy a Wendy house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like uh I mean go slow. Like everybody used to give me crap because like I didn't have like another option growing up. I couldn't like go back home. There was no home to go back to, literally. And I, I was just super careful with my money. And I mean, like, playing $5 and $10 sit and goes when I had, like, $1,000. And people were like, oh, man, move up to the 20s and the 30s. And I'm like, no, man, I I know the downswings. I'm not playing that. And, uh, you know, everybody made fun of me when I was, like, 18. And then by the time I was 19, uh, you know, I had a condo in Seoul I was working from, a, a condo in Seattle I was working from. And I, you know, net. Uh, eventually had a place out in Malta. I never had all three of them together, although that would have been pretty badass. But like, you know, it, it was, uh, you know, it was a process and it was certainly, I was working 68, 80 hour weeks. So the, and the game was much different then, but, uh, you know, you can certainly do this still, you know, it's just take it slow, sock money away. I'm a big fan of socking money away. Uh, you should always have six months of expenses on the side, if you're going to go pro, uh, always like have savings. You'll be amazed how much more calm this will make you. How And it kind of makes you more cutthroat at the table because if you're thinking about the buy-in and money and stuff, you might not execute like you should. Whereas, you know, like uh, uh, I, I, I feel like I go for the throat because like literally like if I lose, it's not, you know, it's not, it's not going to be a big deal, but like, most people are playing high stakes, especially when you go play live. Like they're not really, they, you know, if they, they either sold so many pieces, they have none of themselves. So they're taking like, you know, they're taking, they're, they're not taking it really that seriously. Or they're like, uh, you know, they, they're in a little over their head and you can see them playing scared. Yeah. Under roll. And you can see them playing their scared poker, but yeah, man, I'm happy for you. Just remember it's, uh, it's variance and like, in the words of uh, Game of Thrones, winter is coming. So, like, be be. I've, I've not watched Game of Thrones, but yeah, what? Yeah, no, I've not. What? Yeah. I know it's on my list. Yeah. What? <laughs> Are you like the one person in the United yeah. Kingdom who hasn't watched Game of Thrones? Yeah, it's on my list. I keep working through other ones. What am I doing? Just I'm back on Hannibal season three. Ah, um, hate I've, that show. I've, I did True Detective and stuff. Uh, you know, I, I, I heard, heard it was I'm good. Yeah, True Detective was amazing. Okay. I'll get to it. I will get to it. No, I get to it like now. That's like the only... <laughs> I don't geek out like I used to. Like I 
I used to be like, oh, like Shenmue, by the way, we need to do a shout out to Yu Suzuki because Shenmue 3 is coming out. You ever play Shenmue? Barry? No, but I've, so, I've sold a few copies of it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dude, tell me, did you have Shenmue 2? On the Dreamcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you sold yeah. a copy of it? Are you kidding me? Man, yeah. man, that's ridiculous. Shenmue 2 never came out in the United States. For those of, for those of you who don't know, Shenmue was, uh, it was like the craziest, coolest game ever. It was like Grand Theft Auto meets Virtua Fighter. And it was like back in like 2000, 2000, okay? And it was, on, it was like the only game that ever pushed the Dreamcast, right? This game cost $70 million to make in 2000, right? And uh, essentially, you it, you it was like a kung fu movie. You, like, wake up and you see your father get killed by some mysterious fi- figure. And you have to, like, go into a Japanese town. And you got to start asking people questions and figuring out, like, who did this, right? And obviously, it takes you through a lot of dark corners. But it had, like... Uh, it had like quick time events, which would be like dragons. Uh, what what the hell was that game? It would be like press this button now, dragon. Dra- what what was that called anyway? But yeah, and then it had like virtual fighter sections, and it was like an adventure RPG at the same time. And at the same time, it was like there were parts where you were like driving motorcycles and stuff. And it was like yeah, it was like Grand Theft Auto three like years before it, right? And like way more refined, way better looking. Tons of atmosphere, crazy, crazy, and yeah. Anyway, by the way, it like was a huge disaster financially, and like they were like, we're never gonna make the third one, and yeah, they just they just announced it. It's gonna come out, but yeah, I was thinking I don't geek out about anything, but I'm geeking out a ton now because the third one's about to come out. Y'all should hit up that Kickstarter campaign. But yeah, Game of Thrones is one of the few things I super geek out to, man. I love those books. I love those shows, man. It is, like, crazy cool. That is, like, it's like fantasy for people who don't like fantasy books or whatever. Yeah, like, well, I, I don't really, I'm not huge on fantasy stuff. Same. Um, I'm not really a big fan. It, essentially, it's like, it's like merry old England on steroids. It's like, right. it's just badass, man. You can't, you'll actually, the funniest thing is Americans, to me, like, complain about the accents on that show. And wait till you watch it, Barry. It is like the most easy to understand British accents you've ever heard in your life. You're going to be laughing so much when you hear people are complaining about these. But yeah, it's, uh, the acting is incredible in that show, too. It's like really, really good. Any, anyhow, yeah, geeking out about shows, always my, always my favorite part of this show, you know what I'm saying? That's what the good people at America's Card Room pay us to do, you know? They, they like... <laughs> But yeah, well, we, sorry, we, 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 we're starting to wrap it up there anyway, so it's fine to uh, geek out a bit or uh, wax lyrical about shows or whatever you want. And as I say, I can't remember if I mentioned it to you uh, when we weren't recording last time or not, but that it follows. I got to download that. that well, actually, I got to buy that. Sorry, I mean, I got to go and buy that off Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, that looks interesting that it follows I, th- I think people are hyping it up too much now it's like a good it's like everything if you grew up watching like b movie horror movies it's yeah, like, like friday 13 yeah, stuff yeah exactly like it's an amazing ode to that with some like subtle overtones that are like pretty like creepy 
And like when you start really thinking about like what the movie actually was about, it gets like really sickening and like mm-hmm. really creepy. But like, okay. but, but like, yeah, a lot of people go into it expecting like the Exorcist, and I'm like, yo, it's not gonna be, it's not gonna be like seeing the. Exorcist. But I, I gotta check out the new Jurassic Park as well. Oh, uh, Jurassic that. Jurassic World was dope. I, I don't know if you saw my, uh, I don't know if you saw my Facebook post about it. Did it? Did you? Mm, I, 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 well, it was like oh. it's like one of my most like retweeted posts ever. But I was like. Everybody was complaining to me about the plot in Jurassic World. I was like, yo, homie, it's a dinosaur movie. Did you expect a T-Rex to go on a soliloquy about the nature of inner yeah. struggle? <laughs> like, I know, I always laugh at that about Godzilla and stuff as well. I mean, I'm guilty of it as well, saying, oh, that was terrible. But, I mean, it's Jurassic World. The trailer shows a big, well, like a Megalodon thing jumping out, you know, the water to, like, eat a great white shark. I mean... Yeah, what do you Seriously, expect? Yeah, what yeah. do you expect? It's a CGI fest. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And it's a... I hate CGI fest. Uh, and, me too. I hate it. And it's like, disgusting. Yeah, I like it. And I like this one. It was pretty... I mean, it was just good writing. It was like Hollywood... I mean, there's two different... Uh, there's two different ways you go about a movie, and both are, like, really... Uh, both are, I think, like, so standard, it's boring. There's the Hollywood movie, which is, like, we're going to do the very typical like arc plot you know like everything is going to make sense and one character leads to a happy ending right and uh since that story is not really that the greatest we're going to make it like a cgi fest and you know to like carry it through and like i hate those movies but the movie i hate even more is the quote art movie which, by the way, is a super wor- weird term. Could you imagine if I was like, hey, buy my new tome. It's an art book. You know, oh. it's like, oh, does it have, like, pieces of art? No, I, that's just how I describe my genre. Art book. Art literature, <laughs> you know. Like, uh, but, like, yeah, like the art house movie, which is, like, <clears throat> you know, they don't realize, like, it's a reaction to like typical story, like the classical design that like everything's going to be minimalist. Everything's uh. going to be meaningless. Everything just happens to the main character. Nothing wraps up. And since they can't splurge for like splashy effects, they're going to go for like, you know, they're, they're going to go for like very long drawn out scenes that remind you of real life. You know what I mean? This is going to be reality. That one makes me want to, like, slam my head into a brick. Like, I cannot stand that. And it's like, I like good Hollywood movies as long as, like, if you're going to go for spectacle, it better be amazing these days. You know what I mean? Like, in Jurassic World delivers, like, every scene has something that's like, whoa, look at that. Like, that is insane, you know? In the actual, like, you know, like, CGI is, like, interesting if, like, the animation is like actually portraying some world that could never actually come to life. If it's, yeah. Yeah. If it's showing some explosion, that's like throwing a three, you know, the Terminator through a window and he looks like a blob <laughs> of clay. That's not adhering to the laws of physics. That's not really that cool. But like, yeah, when you see like, here's a petting zoo with dinosaurs and it's like, dude, that is totally 
something I would have never thought I'd ever see in my life. And it's yeah. like, I feel real sympathetic towards these dinosaurs because they're cute as hell. This is really cool. And yeah, it's dope. You got to see the new Jurassic World. Yeah, give me more movies you want to see. I'll do reviews. That's like all, <laughs> all my mo- that's all me and my mother do. We love movies. So we like, when she was down in Costa Rica, I was like, you know, we would like go out and like, you know, I'd take her around like the city and stuff. And she was like, I'm tired of walking. I was like, well, movie time. You know, so I saw I saw pretty much everything that came out recently. What was the other? You see Mad Max? No. Oh, dude. It's like, that is an insane movie. It's so nice to see an R-rated action movie. Again, oh, wait, no, that wasn't even rated R. It's just so violent. PG-13 is so violent these days. It looks rated R. It's like, <laughs> I don't even get the line. I don't even get the... Do you guys even have those ratings? In Scotland, yeah, they, yeah, we've got ratings, but I think they changed them a few years ago. And like now, because obviously you're over eighteen and it doesn't really matter. I'm not sure what they actually are, but I think there's like there's ones like maybe a twelve A, which is like a twelve adult. So you've got to be twelve or over. But if you're under twelve, you can get in with an adult or something. There's some wow. like weird law like that now as well. It's- Whereas like back in the day, it used to be PG twelve. 15 uh, and then 18 oh, and it would wow. be strict you know but I think now there's like a little bit of discretion with one of the ratings I can't remember what it is like an adult can take a kid in I think it's 12 maybe that one well it's like I'm not sure. the, it, it's like it's bizarre to me because in America like the uh, there, there's a rating that uh, we have called NC 17 which means no children under 17 but the rating system like actually gives this out and it means, like, no children under 17 can see this movie. And, like, just being an American, it's like, you're going to tell me what my child can see? You know yeah. what I mean? Even though I probably would never take a kid there. But, like, the whole rating system is so bizarre to me because, like, Mad Max, I remember seeing Mad Max, and I was like, it just occurred to me this movie has to be rated PG-13 because there was no, like, explicit decapitation in uh the the like there's no like f bomb right but it is a hyper violent movie like there's guys running around with like blood bags dripping out of them and stuff and like hacking off people's skulls and it's like yeah, uh nice. <laughs> you know what i mean it's like pretty dope but it's like up oh, you showed a booby rated r you know it's <laughs> like you know if i'm you know like taking my kid to a movie if my child sees the female form or my child could see like other adults decapitating other adults. I think I'm going to choose the female form because I'm hoping at some point uh, my child understands sexuality. You know what I mean? When they're ready for that, where yeah. I hope they never understand homicide. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I really hope they never have to deal with that. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's really weird to me how they do that. That's really, uh, and, like, I mean, and it's also, like, censorship. I mean, like, this was a rated, this should have been, like, a rated R movie. The new Terminator is going to be PG-13, you know what I mean? Could you imagine yeah. the original Terminators, like, without blood's coming? Yeah, it's, like, without blood coming from the blade. Sorry, I'm on my high horse right now. Excuse me if I ride over you when you're trying to speak. But, yeah, can you hear me all right? 
Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, I made another weird noise, but yeah. Geeking out is fun, man. We should just make another podcast and wait till someone pays us for it. And yeah, uh, like the, was it Cisco and Albert or whatever? Yeah, <laughs> Albert. Yeah, yeah. Cisco and Ebert. Yeah. To, be, to be fair to you, Ebert's only been around since the dawn of time, so it's not like yeah. you had that much time to get the name right. But yeah, it was Ebert and Ebert and Rob. Actually, I think did you know? I, I think it was Roger Ebert who like wrote like I think it was like pornography scripts when in the 70s did you know that no yeah it was like it was bizarre you you should sound a little more interested if i'm bringing up this in the I podcast i don't even know the guy's full name i just know uh, he like, I, I, well it's like for like the big movie reviewer like he has published some goofy stuff and it's like you know and that's not like some outlier on his like resume that is his resume <laughs> before he becomes like the most recognized movie reviewer of all time. I, I like that guy though. I like, I hate like movie reviewers these days. It's like there was a documentary that came out in the United States. It was called America. Imagine a world without her. And suffice to say, this was a bit of like a patriotic fast. Right. And it was made by, it was made by an Indian immigrant who like loved America so much. He made a documentary about how much he loved like being an American. And he like looked at American history a different way and like gave a lot of different, uh, it, it gave a lot of different views on a lot of different like historical elements, uh, ex elements. That sounds like way highfalutin, a lot of different, like a lot of stuff like in America, like we always get shamed about, the, he like went well as like an Indian like coming to this country. It was really confusing to me because when I read about this, I saw this and yada yada. It's not really that great of a movie. It's like I wouldn't say it was that good, but like the top reviewer scores of this movie was zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It was like this is a horrible movie, right? And you read all the reviews and all the reviewers are just like, I don't want America to be a good country. Therefore, this movie is terrible. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that makes you the worst movie reviewer in the world. Because like, if I walk into a McDonald's and I go, why is this not a nice Italian restaurant? I'm going to sound like a dumbass. You know what I mean? When you walk into McDonald's, you know what you're getting into. Anyway, uh, yeah, sorry, go, getting on my high horse. Again. Yeah, so Alex, if people want to get in touch with you about uh, advice on what movies to see um, <laughs> or, no, or how to get better at poker and stuff, how can people get in touch with you? Write me at assassinalcoaching at gmail.com if you want to talk, uh, you know, pretty much about anything. We try to get back to everybody. Recognize we do get like hundreds. I think, yeah, it's like it might, it, we get a lot of emails now. So sometimes we take a little while to get back get back to you but if you have questions about anything just go ahead and write uh go to pokerhead if you like our more irreverent conversations here go to pokerheadrush.com that's kind of where i put all like the stuff that's like fun to me and it's like uh you know like me just talking like about like books movies and albums and video games and also there's like me like battle rapping and then there's also tons of strategy articles and uh there's links to all the podcasts, the videos, like where, where you can go to set up with private lesson with me. And then, you know, I let other people write articles there about random stuff. And it's like, I think it's a pretty fun site. No, but like no money comes back to me off that site. That's just something I purely set up to like talk to you guys. And like, you know, you guys reward me when I'm like connecting with you. So, you know, I, I love to have that site out there. 
be sure to follow me on twitch.tv slash theassassinato. And uh, that'll just give you a notification about whenever we're streaming. But yeah, if you want to see how the fudge is packed, you can see uh, that used to be a phrase when I was a kid. Now it sounds a lot weirder. But like, if yeah. you want to see if you want to see how it's made, uh, you go to that site and you can watch me playing high stakes MTTs. We try to do every Tuesday and Sunday, unless you know they're like uh, the firefighters are like taking a screw. Uh, to uh, I was gonna say, what was it? Taking a hammer to the local lines, but uh, yeah, you can check it out there and like check out that site. Like underneath the stream is like all the deals we got going on, and right now we have the new webinar. That's a check raise full out, and uh, yeah, that's all about like bluffing. That's all about like check raising, flatting three bets out of position, how to play it, people dissecting the dong bet is also a really good webinar. We sold that one out. That is out right now. It's all about donk leading, leading into people, taking money away from people. And uh, Y Ape Styles is right now available. Con subtitulos en español, disponible ahora por ustedes. And uh, I sounded good until the end. I said one thing that was super awkward and gringo. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah, be sure to check that out. Write us at assassinatocoaching at gmail.com for all that stuff. And uh, the cheapest way to watch me train you. Uh, go to uh, to get trained by me is uh, carbrunners.com. $30 for two months access to 2,000 plus videos. That's all it is. And it's $30 a month after that. But yeah, use promo code free month, all capital letters. Get access to all my like, uh, my I have webinars up there as well. I have training videos, a lot of good stuff. Uh, be sure to check it out. Sounds great. And keep your questions coming in for Alex questions at oneouter.com on email or tweet at oneouter.com on twitter at o-n-e-o-u-t-e-r-d-o-t-c-o-m join the facebook group facebook.com slash group slash oneouter until the next time and alex next time we're going to talk a little bit about your new webinar you mentioned before i can't remember if you mentioned it on the podcast or to me but it sounded really interesting. It was like basically how to make money in poker or yeah, something like that. Uh, so we'll talk, we'll, talk, we'll, we'll talk about that next show. So uh, everyone can look forward to that because um, I'm sure that's what everybody uh, would like to do, make money in poker yeah, rather sure. than listen to us talk about <laughs> films and CGI and uh, special effects and shit like that. Uh, until the next time, cheers. Cheers. Million Dollar Sundays are here to stay. Playing a $1 million tournament is now a regular thing with the Million Dollar Sundays. Coming on Sunday, August 2nd at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, we're hosting a $1 million guaranteed no-limit Texas Hold'em tournament where the winner walks away with $200,000. This is our third Million Dollar tourney with more lined up in the future. You're going to love the Million Dollar Sundays tournament with daily free rolls to win your seat for free Tons of satellites to qualify for a fraction of the cost and free bank wires for the top nine finishers. Don't miss your chance to win part of the $1 million guaranteed. Qualify today for the Million Dollar Sundays Poker Tournament. AmericasCardroom.com